Hello, you are listening to the Plumfield Moms, and this is Saturday Morning Coffee. Anxiety Divides Our Minds, a reflection by Diane Pendergraft, originally posted on January 20th, 2024. All scripture quotes are from the English Standard Version unless otherwise noted. Therefore, do not be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will be anxious for itself. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Matthew 6.34 I remember the incident that caused me to start thinking about this command in a way I hadn't understood before. It certainly wasn't that I had never had anything to be anxious about before I was 30 years old. As a child, even before my parents divorced and we moved to three different states in two and a half years, my imagination manufactured plenty of anxiety for me. I was shy, I was afraid of the dark, and there were wolves and bears waiting outside to eat me as soon as I fell asleep. At the time, though I knew better in daylight, I wasn't able to analyze my fear. As an adult, there were the usual worries, the ones Jesus specifically tells us not to worry about. Life, what we would eat or drink, and what we would wear. Money, jobs, health, children, there were all of those. When the list becomes a day-to-day concern, it's possible to pray about it daily, giving them to God, then get up from prayer and start contriving ways to take care of everything ourselves. We can live this way for a long time while calling it faith. It was different when my husband went to war because every day for months was a constant conscious practice not being anxious. Of course, there were plenty of times when I gave in to anxiety about the future. It was certainly an exercise in helplessness and winter nights are long and dark at 48 degrees north latitude. The incident that began the transformation of my thinking about anxiety came with a phone call from someone telling me about something that had happened to a close relative. I was assured, everything is fine now, nothing to worry about, it's all being taken care of, we just wanted you to know. It was good to know it was all under control because I was 1,500 miles away and there wasn't anything I could do. Then came days of thinking, wondering, and remembering. Oh yes, and praying. For weeks after, I would catch myself going about my daily routine and suddenly find myself in a room trying to remember why I had gone there. Each time I found myself distracted, I would have a talk with myself. What is the matter with you? Why can't you focus? I would answer myself that I didn't know. There wasn't anything wrong, was there? If I paused to interrogate myself a little more, I would realize... I am worrying about the incident. I was helpless to do anything about the information I had been given, but it was always at the back of my mind, causing me to try to go about my business while worrying it the way a dog worries a bone. The Greek word for anxious, merimnao, comes from a root that means a part. The definition is, quote, care that brings disruption to the personality and the mind, end quote. Isn't that exactly what being anxious feels like? Always word-curious, I wondered where English got the word anxious, since it doesn't resemble the Greek word at all. It comes from a Latin root that means to squeeze, to choke, strangle, to vex, torment. Hoping for something a little less violent and perhaps more acceptable for a Christian, I looked up the more English-sounding worry. It comes from an Old English word that means to strangle. Just for fun, because I thought being concerned might be a little less violent and a bit more justifiable in a prayer meeting than worry or anxiety, I checked my dictionary. 
I realize concern can have several different meanings, but I did find it significant that the Latin root means to sift. I think sifting your mind would definitely cause disruption. My conclusion is that when Jesus told us not to be anxious about anything, he meant it. He didn't say, I really, really wish you would take my advice. I think you would be happier. Or, here's a short list of things you shouldn't worry about. The rest are up to you. He also did not say, you've got this. He knows you don't. Jesus didn't say, don't be anxious, then move to a new subject without explanation. He's clear about why anxiety is useless. Your life is more than food and clothing. God feeds the birds and clothes the lilies, and you are so much more valuable than they are. It's plain that Jesus wants us to understand how much we matter to God. But another aspect to his command is just as important. Our anxiety doesn't change anything except our state of mind. In Luke 12:25, Jesus says, And which of you, by being anxious, can add a single hour to his span of life? When I read this passage, I'm in the habit of assenting to this as I do to the fact that I'm more important than birds, and moving on to the end where he says, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. I wonder if some of us like this verse because it almost sounds like it gives us something to do that's not quite like worrying. Do I think, oh good, I have no idea how many hairs are on my head at any given moment, but moving my treasure around will make me feel like I can control something. But wait, I skipped right over verse 26. Concerning adding to my span of life, Jesus goes on to say, If then you are not able to do as small a thing as that, why are you anxious about the rest? As small a thing as that? Adding an hour to my life is a small thing? To him it is. To me, this is the heart of the command. Jesus isn't suggesting that we would be better off to stop worrying. He's not only telling us how absolutely futile worrying is, he is also telling us how utterly and completely he is in control. Quote, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. End quote. Colossians 1, 15 through 17. If we believe this to be true, what does it leave for us to do? How do we put our minds back together? Quote, rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say, rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. 